The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. For more information, log on to their website at harlembeernc.com. On December 27th, 1892, Livingstone and Biddle College, now known as Johnson C. Smith University, played in Salisbury, North Carolina with Biddle winning 5-0. Over time, HBCU football has evolved. HBCU football's popularity continues to rise. Millions attend games each year and millions more watch on television. The HBCU bands provide some of the top entertainment in the country. Over that time, some of the best players to ever play in the National Football League played at HBCUs. Every Monday through Friday on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast, national radio and television host Donald Ware takes a look at what's happening in HBCU football and talks with coaches, players, administrators, and media about the season. Make sure you join the conversation on social media now. Here's your host, Donald Ware. You've got it tuned in to the HBCU Football Daily Podcast for today, Tuesday, October 17th. I'm Donald Ware. It's Takeaway Tuesday here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Some house cleaning items before we uh, look a little more in depth at week seven of HBCU football. The polls were released on Monday and to no surprise, North Carolina Central remains number one and Florida A&M remains number two with the coaches. But now you had Tennessee State that moved up for a tie for sixth place last week to number three. Tennessee State coming off a nice win over Norfolk State. Two straight wins for the Tigers. Alcorn State remains at number four. Alabama A&M makes the biggest jump. A big win over Grambling to kind of keep its hopes alive in the Eastern Division, which I'll talk more about. It's slim hopes alive, but still nonetheless hopes. I'll talk more about that. Uh, a little bit later on, but Alabama A&M was number 10 last week, number five this week. Six through 10 looks like this. Jackson State, Southern, Hampton, Alabama State, and Howard. Uh, Jackson State, of course, losing uh, its football, its homecoming. Um, as a matter of fact, going to talk a little bit more about that while Alabama State uh, rolls into the uh, into the poll or re-enters the poll, I should say, with the coaches. The top three teams remained the same, rightfully so. North Carolina Central, Florida A&M, Benedict, impressive win, Benedict last Thursday night over Fort Valley State. Virginia State moves up one place, remains undefeated along with Benedict, the only, the only two uh, HBCUs that are undefeated on the season, while Virginia Union... Uh, is number five, moving up one place from last week. Six through ten looks like this. Tennessee State, Jackson State, Fayetteville State, Tuskegee, and Allen. And in the media poll, Tennessee State, uh, you know, I'm trying to think. This may be the first time Tennessee State is in the media poll uh, this year. Fayetteville State re-enters the poll 
The Broncos have won five straight football games, and then Allen enters the poll for the first time ever. Congratulations to the Yellow Jackets. Teddy Keaton's got that program rolling. Hopefully you had a chance to listen to our conversation uh, a couple of weeks ago with Teddy Keaton. If you did not, you can log on to BoxToRow.com to the Box to Row podcast uh, on our archive shows page. The HBCU Players of the Week, Tyjarian Williams, the quarterback for Mississippi Valley State, completed 19 of 29 passes, 265 yards. He had three touchdowns in the ball game and also had uh, 30 yards rushing as Mississippi Valley State gets its first victory of the season, defeating Arkansas Pine Bluff and Jiren Russell, the quarterback for Edward Waters, 17 of 31, 341 yards, a touchdown. He also rushed for 26 yards and another touchdown. He threw the game-winning touchdown with no time on the clock as uh, Edward Waters got out of Tuskegee with the victory. And it's a big victory for Edward Waters. And you can learn more about the polls and look at the polls in uh, their entirety, as well as the HBCU National Players of the Week on our website at BoxToRow.com. So takeaway number one were, uh, really uh, is about the homecoming, the homecomings, okay? Uh, especially upsets on homecomings. So really homecoming teams, okay? Homecoming teams were nine and five, all right? Which, you know, out of 14 games, you win nine on homecoming. Uh, generally, when you have homecoming, you you know you you you're, you're scheduling an opponent that you know you can beat. Now, it doesn't always it, really. It doesn't always work that way. Uh, simply because, and it depends on the school. Now, if you're a, more of a powerful school, then it generally is going to work that way. Um, when you get into conference play, anything can happen. Homecomings generally happen while conference play is going on. So it's it doesn't you know it's not like um, it's a given, but three uh, a couple of significant games. Edward Waters defeated Tuskegee for Tuskegee's homecoming. Significant because Edward Waters keeps its slim hopes alive because actually the Tigers has uh, the Tigers have two losses in the SIAC. Uh, none and and I mean it's but it's a big win, right? Probably the the defining win for Edward Waters who brought its football program back either in 2001 or 2002, of course, was in NAIA. But this is, uh, you know, you're talking about the uh, second season uh, for the Tigers in the SIAC. So that is a big time a, a win of significance. Um, I think one of the other homecomings, two, two other homecomings that I'll point out, Virginia Lynchburg wins its homecoming to get its first victory of the season. Mississippi Valley State wins its first homecoming, uh, its first game of the season at homecoming. So two teams able to get victories during homecoming. By the way, going back to that Tuskegee and Edward Waters game, they had almost thirty. They had almost thirty-two thousand there in Tuskegee. So I know it was a lot of disappointment there uh, in Tuskegee. Another significant homecoming loss or victory by the opponent was Alabama A&M defeating Grambling. And it wasn't close. 
That's the thing about it. Like, it was 21 points, had a chance to hear Hugh Jackson, who, who by the way, joined us on the weekend edition of Box to Row uh, last weekend, uh, last uh, weekend, or this past weekend. And, of course, you can uh, listen to that uh, interview and, and that show, as a matter of fact, the Box to Row podcast uh, on the BoxToRow.com page. But uh, for Alabama, A&M keeps its slim hopes alive because Alabama A&M, while it still has Florida A&M in front of it, uh, the fact of the matter is Alabama A&M has two losses on the season. And then also Alabama State defeating Jackson State. Jackson State's homecoming. Uh, you talk about big crowds, a big crowd there. I think it was like close to 30,000, uh, at least from an attendance standpoint. Uh, in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, Alabama State always is going to be a tough opponent. You know, I think Eddie Robinson is doing a tremendous job there. Uh, yeah, they they dropped some games, you know, that you wouldn't like to see them drop. But um, I think that when you look at, uh, where Alabama State is, it's going to take time to build a program. This is his uh, is this his second season, I believe, as the head coach at Alabama State. So, you know, he's building a program there, and uh, you know that that's a big win because what happens now is Jackson State, boy, was on a roll. Now you drop back to four and three, looking for a playoff berth. Pro- you know, probably not. And again, I just don't see where Florida A&M, Florida A&M would have to fall off a cliff at this point to not win the Eastern Division. Now, still some tough games in front of it. Let's not, I'm not sleeping on that. You know, I think Bethune-Cookman, even though Bethune-Cookman's struggling right now, that's always a rivalry game at the end of the season. And Florida A&M still has to play Alabama A&M as well. So, you you know, you're looking at Alabama A&M with a, a, an outside shot, right? beat Florida A&M, which is, which, listen, you know, Alabama A&M is playing some really good football right now. Solid football. Quarterback is playing well. That I think, you know, when you talk about Connell Maynard, you talk about his, you know, what he's done uh, as a head coach. It's tied to quarterbacks. He was a great quarterback himself when he played at Winston-Salem State and North Carolina A&T. But, you know, he's got the quarterback. Situation, And I think that was the struggle early on for Alabama A&M playing some good football. Um, and and uh, so, you know, anything could happen. But still, um, you would have to hope that Florida A&M could lose another game in addition to Alabama A&M. But that's obviously down the road. Then the other homecoming upset, Allen. Uh, and I don't, I don't know. I, I, you know, I would say it is an upset. But when Allen beat Albany State, because number one, it was homecoming in Albany. Uh, Albany State had won four straight football games, but not really. I mean, listen, Allen's been playing great football this year. Um, You know, we had Teddy Keaton on the program going back now, maybe about uh, three weeks ago. Again, you can listen to that website on uh, Box to Road or that uh, that interview or the conversation on BoxToRoad.com on our website. Listen. You know he's building that program. That program is six and one, is five and one uh, on the season uh, right now, uh, and you know an outside shot. Now the issue with Allen is still got his tough. You know, still got Benedict ahead of it. It's still got Miles ahead of it. But I think when you're talking about an offensive, Teddy Keaton's an offensive-minded coach. You know, anything 
could really anything could happen. I mean, anything could happen. Um, and so that said, um, you know, but either way, I mean, it's a big win for Allen. So those are my takeaways with respect to homecoming. You know, if I'm looking at some of these conference standings, it's coming. I mean, you look, listen, we're on a collision course, Virginia State and Virginia Union in the CIAA's Northern Division, but that game is not until the end of the season. Um, you know, particularly, you know, when I look at some of the games, uh, for instance, let's look here in terms of what Virginia State has left. Um, at home against Elizabeth City State, at home against Lincoln, and on the road against Virginia Union. Uh, you, you know, that Lincoln game is no gimme. <laughs> Lincoln's, playing, Lincoln's playing some pretty good football. That, that, that is not a gimme game right there. Uh, in any stretch of the imagination, which Lincoln has two losses, but, you know, maybe still a bit of an outside shot. Virginia Union's got Lincoln this weekend, um, and th- that game is at home in Richmond for Virginia Union, you know, at Bluefield State, and then to end the season at Virginia State. So some of these conference races um, are really coming down to the wire. Uh, when I look at the SIAC, as I mentioned, Benedict, is, I mean, undefeated right now. Um, I look at Fort Valley State, one loss still in out. I mean, you're still talking about a, a team that could vie for that conference championship. Fort Valley State has Morehouse, Virginia University of Lynchburg ahead of it, and Albany State. You got to figure that that's going to be a win against both Morehouse and, I mean, you got to play the games, but I mean, you know, Morehouse is struggling. I mean, that's right now, that's just the bottom line. Um, and then that game against Albany State. Uh, it's interesting. Fort Valley State and Allen don't meet. What if both teams are tied highly unlikely with, again, what Allen has ahead of it? Still some tough games, Miles and Benedict ahead of it. But, you know, where do you go? Tuskegee's one loss. Miles has one loss. Albany State has one loss. So this is still a, a, a conference race that is still very much up for grabs looking at the uh, SWAC you know Florida A&M no losses Alabama State Jackson State Alabama A&M all with two losses the issue with Jackson State is not only does it have two losses but it also is losing the head-to-head against Florida A&M so really Jackson State is three games back of Florida A&M in essence Uh, you know again uh, Alabama State Florida A&M is already, so same thing with Alabama State. In essence, three games back of Florida A&M. So really, you know, when I look at Florida A&M's remaining schedule, it's Texas Southern, uh, you know, again, not a gimme game, a game in which the Rattlers should win, but it's in Houston, not a gimme game, okay? Prairie View A&M certainly isn't. That That's going to be a tough game. Alabama A&M still for, uh, ahead of Florida A&M. Uh, they have Lincoln of California, which, you know, that that's just a, you know, just a game, really. And then Bethune-Cookman. So five games remaining, three of those extremely tough. And then the Texas Southern game for Florida A&M. So it's no gimme, you know, certainly at this point when you're talking about Florida A&M, but it, it is in control in the Western Division. It's wide open. Prairie View A&M, Alcorn State, Southern, all with one loss. Grambling sits back with two losses. That was a big loss to Alabama state. So Graham, but again, (laughs) 
this was a similar scenario last year, and we saw where uh, Ala, where we had to come down to the last game of the season where Prairie View A&M, Alcorn State Southern, Grambling, and Texas Southern all had a shot at the Western Division crown on the last game of the season. So plenty more football left to play, some exciting football uh, left. We'll, of course, talk about all of that uh, as the weeks go on here, or the days go on here, uh, right here on the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. In the next couple of days, we'll transition to week eight in HBCU Football. Don't forget to tell a couple of friends about the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Watch on the Box to Row YouTube channel. Listen at BoxToRow.com as well as iHeartMedia.com. Talk with you tomorrow. We hope you enjoy this episode of the HBCU Football Daily Podcast. You can watch on our YouTube page on YouTube at HBCU Football Daily Podcast. Don't forget to get your HBCU football fix on Box to Row with Donald Ware each weekend on a radio station near you and on Sirius XM on the HBCU channel, channel 142, and on ESPNU Radio on Sirius XM, channel 84. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest in HBCU football. And don't forget to tell a friend.